The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. It is Monday morning, September 25th, and Kansas City is floating today after a 41-10 dominating performance against Chicago Bears on Sunday. Taylor Swift was in the house. She was seen leaving the game with Travis Kelsey, and all of a sudden, everyone in the world... It has their eyeballs to the Kansas City Chiefs and the defending Super Bowl champions and Travis Kelsey and his latest romance. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, what's happening? Uh, Dominating victory, but Taylor Swift is probably the biggest headline coming out of Sunday's win. Yeah, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. I'll be honest with you. I I think because I I do this every day, and and so even talking with Patrick Mahomes, one of the more famous people in the country, it doesn't, you know, phase me at all. Taylor Swift and, and being at Arrowhead, Taylor Swift is like 10 times more famous than Mahomes or any NFL player. So it is wild. Like we, on Arrowhead Pride, we would typically never cover a relationship. I mean, we barely cover anything with even Patrick Mahomes, uh, aside from if he has a, a baby or something like that, we might mention it. But this is just such a national big off the field story <laughs> that we're leaning into it and it's just it's just all kind of crazy steve well obviously we're gonna get into the chiefs win because it was an impressive one and it, it was a needed one against a bad chicago bears team and this was the exact kind of performance we were talking about all week long at arrowhead pride but I talked about it on the Rapid Reaction show, and I usually don't care so much about this kind of stuff, but even I am am just in the middle of it and just consumed by it because this is legitimately maybe the most famous person in the world right now with Mm -hmm. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and just seeing the blend of like, Taylor Swift fans, Swifties, and football fans come together, and everybody's like, Yes, this is the relationship we've been waiting for. 
it's just been highly entertaining for me. I don't want to talk about Taylor Swift that much more, but it, it, it was a hell of a day on Sunday at, at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I, and like, I, I, I feel the same way. I don't usually get wrapped up in any of this kind of stuff, and I, I think the players appreciate that we don't really get into that kind of stuff, but it, it, it really is like if a player had been dating Madonna in the 90s when she was... <laughs> that popular or like you're talking about maybe the rock justin bieber and taylor like it's in the conversation with most famous people in the entire world and so it's just it's a little surreal to all be happening in kansas city and i guess good on travis for having the confidence and the creativity to make a friendship bracelet with his number (laughs) on it somehow got to her and there she was and she was into the game like really into the game and and obviously very excited that Travis was able to get the touchdown, 69 yards, of course, uh, just an, an interesting part of uh, what was a very key win for the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Just unbelievable all-time shoot-your-shot moment for Travis Kelsey. So good for him. Uh, I hope him and T-Swift had a wonderful evening after the game. I don't know if sure. I, I feel like she's too famous to go anywhere in Kansas City, so I don't know if they if they ventured you don't out. Think at Jack, you don't think they went to Jack's Jack? <laughs> no, probably not. Maybe maybe Kelsey had something set up ahead of time, like a private room or something somewhere. But uh, hopefully she'll be around Kansas City a little bit more often moving forward, and maybe get to experience the city that we know and love. But she's only she's only seen the Chiefs have forty point games, so I, I think Kansas City fans. <laughs> Well, and hopefully we see a lot more of these things moving forward as the Kansas City Chiefs schedule really opens up. And we've talked about it here at Arrowhead Pride. They've got a very favorable schedule over the next several weeks leading up to what is going to be apparently just a massive game in Germany against the Miami Dolphins after they dropped 70 points against the Denver Broncos today. Yeah, really quickly. I think it's it's shaping up to be the most important international game of all time because, uh, you know, very quickly, I know we're going to get into the Chiefs, but the Dolphins look to be the second best AFC team, if not the best AFC team, right? If you're trying to be unbiased and fair about this. And so really, I don't see either of these teams losing before that game. And so we'll we'll end up seeing uh, what ends up happening. But yeah, for Kansas City, it's not making their way to Germany that's going to be going off at 8 30 in the morning so one of the biggest games in recent memory and you'll be watching it um early on uh in the day yeah that Dolphins defense led or offense led by Tyree Kill right now looks just absolutely unstoppable um but impressive Kansas City Chiefs performance they dominate the Bears 41 to 10 and at one point there was a strong chance this was going to be a shutout another incredible performance from the defense but offensively We needed the Chiefs to get it going, and we talked about it all week long. They finally had the opportunity uh, against this team where we've seen this offense play down to opponents in the past, but we highlighted again and again and again, like that's not what this Chicago Bears team is. Like they are not a good football team, and the Chiefs showed it from start to finish today. It was an absolutely dominant performance where – Patrick Mahomes got things going early. We saw them creating explosive plays down the field. They were running the ball finally, which I absolutely loved. And I hope that we see that more moving forward where we saw them early in the game, 
No, they could run the ball on the Chicago Bears defense, and they really leaned into it. And I think it opened things up in the passing game where, you know, Patrick Mahomes hits another nine or 10 wide receivers, which is just typical at this point for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. But it was by far the most impressive showing that Patrick Mahomes and this crew have had so far this season. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times, like you get coached speak when things are, are going wrong and, I think maybe you, you were kind of sniffing that out a little bit from Andy Reid and saying, well, we just need to clean up penalties and the turnovers and we're going to be A-OK. And again, you're, you're like, well, is that it? Or do you think the offense is suddenly going to be fixed? And it really quite honestly was that, you know, they were really good. And they only took three penalties, uh, two of which they disagreed with, with, with Juwan Taylor. And, and that saga continues to be ongoing. Uh, and they only had the turnovers once Blaine Gabbert got in the game. And by then it was, it was over. I mean, this game was over at halftime. So the, you know, anything that kind of happened in the second half didn't really matter. Uh, but the bottom line is, yes, the offense looked great. Uh, and what is interesting, and I, I've said this now uh, on, on 610, I, I said it after the game with, with Jay. If the offense is now fixed and, and they're going to kind of look like the Chiefs that we've known uh, for you know, these recent years, and the defense is playing like a top five unit in the NFL. I mean, you might look at that week one loss, that blip against the Detroit Lions at the end of the year and turn around and you might be 16 and one and really regretting that. Like, this is how good the Chiefs are, uh, I think, this year. And, and we'll see. Like, again, they're, they're gonna, their schedule's easy now. It, it will get tougher with the division games. And of course, the Dolphins, as we talked about in Germany. But I think it's very real that you're looking at a 15, 16 win team. And uh, I want to get into the defense, but offensively, just what they put out there, this was the type of performance we had been looking for. And I, I think I, I want to highlight the most in, in a game that saw a lot of Chiefs contribute in the passing attack. I was most impressed by rookie Rasheed Rice, who continues in limited reps. And Kadarius Tony, I think, only played two snaps today. So. He dealing with an injury wasn't super involved and the chiefs didn't need him to be on Sunday, but Rasheed Rice, every time he touches the ball so far for the Kansas city chiefs, he is showing why they drafted him and why they were so high on him as a player, because he's bringing something else to the table that I don't feel like they've had in a long time. And it's that big bodied wide receiver yeah. who is really hard to tackle. And every time he catches the ball, he picks up yards after contact. And so yeah. I'm sitting here where, you know, all these different guys are contributing on Sunday. I'm like, get Rasheed Rice the ball more. Let's see him more. Let's let he he's the guy that has looked the most exciting out of any Chiefs wide receiver. And I I I, I need them to get him more involved in the offense because he looks like a legitimate player. He looks like a, another big time draft steal for Brett Beach. And I just thought he was really imp impressive in the limited snaps that he got on Sunday. Something that stuck out in the preseason was Patrick Mahomes comparing him to Sammy Watkins. And you know, for those who went through the trials and tribulations that were Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins was pretty damn good when he was able to be on the field. And I, I just, I think that they've been looking for a guy with that size for a long time here. You know, I, I think they've, they've wanted to replace that weapon that they had in Sammy when he was able to stay on the field. And I, I think Rasheed kind of fits that mold. And I'm, I'm with you. There's something about the eye test that just leads you to believe this could be the best chiefs wide receiver by the end of the season. I still think, Kadarius is, is that guy when he's healthy. I, I still think Sky Moore is right there behind Kadarius. But you could see that there's just there's – a, there's some some really high ceiling action going on with Rasheed Rice where, like, you already kind of know what Tony is. 
really dynamic, really explosive, can't stay on the field. Uh, Sky Moore, same type of deal where I have his good work in, in the slot. But she Rice looks like he could be, the, like I said, the, the best all-around receiver on the team. And I wonder what our conversations will be about him once we do, do get to week 16, week 17. I, I think there's a chance he could be really special for the team in year one, which is hard to do with Andy Reid. Yeah, he continues to pop every time he touches the ball. So you know, we haven't really gotten enough Justin Ross yet to feel like he's going to contribute much at all this season. But we'll see how that goes as the year goes on. But Rasheed Rice definitely needs to get more involved in the offense and I think needs to get some more reps. So hopefully Sunday was the first step towards that for the Chiefs offensively. And before we move to the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Jawan Taylor. Both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were honest about this after the game. And it kind of leans into what I've been saying over the last two weeks, where obviously Jawan Taylor's got to make an adjustment in his game. Obviously, he is a marked man by NFL officials now after it was pointed out after the week one contest against the Detroit Lions. But we're seeing other offensive linemen who do this and don't get the penalties. And now it's at a point where this is the second week in a row Taylor winds up getting benched at one point because he's getting flagged so often for this particular thing he's done his entire career and never really been flagged for where it's becoming a competitive disadvantage for the chiefs by him being singled out for it. And it's incredibly frustrating. And I thought you could hear that in Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid's responses after the game, but at the same time, like it's going to continue to be an issue. And so the chiefs have to focus on trying to figure this out because it cost them a long touchdown to Marquez Valdez Scantling on Sunday. And it's obviously going to be something that is highlighted moving forward for Jawan Taylor as a player, despite the fact that he has been tremendous for the most part outside of the penalties for the chiefs so far this season. Yeah. Had, had Taylor Swift not been in attendance, I, I think this might be the biggest story that would have came out of Arrowhead on Sunday. Uh, I know that you can make a case for just how well the defense is playing as well, but it, it was intentional by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to say something after the game. The, the NFL is pretty strict when it comes to uh, official comments on, on, on officiating, you know, and, and I, I think they put themselves at risk of getting fined, but these are guys, uh, as you know, Steve, who can certainly afford it. They make some pretty good money doing what they do. Uh, still, it, they're usually pretty cautious, especially Andy Reid, like he, it, about going in on officials. And he was pretty pointed. He, he said he believes that, the officials were wrong. He, I mean, he said it in as many words. Uh, if you go back to from the podium, you could you could hear him, and and he, he thinks that Juwan's now getting picked on. And I think it all stems back, of course, to that Week One game against Detroit Lions with Chris Collinsworth and, and Mike Tirico. And now it seems like maybe the officials are, are going too far. Uh, and I I think he kind of put the league on notice. I I am I I do wonder if they're going to get fined because both of them kind of said the same thing and essentially calling out the officials, which is just usually a huge no-no in the NFL. So I wonder if there'll, there, there will be a fine. But I also wonder if now that they have kind of made a point to say it in the other direction, we start to see less of this because they clearly truly believe that Juwan Taylor is lined up fine, uh, which I, I tend to think is right. And now we'll see about the false starts. He didn't, he didn't get called for any false starts. It was all just the illegal formation. So I think we're almost done with this story, but I I think it was a very interesting wrinkle that they were so forthcoming about their complaints. Yeah, it's going to continue to be a thing and something to monitor this week, too. Uh, When Taylor went out, Prince Seguinogo went in for him and then Prince Seguinogo gets hurt, has to leave the game after a Blaine Gabbard interception. And so he's going to be somebody to watch because 
he's that kind yeah. of swing tackle for the Chiefs this season who could have an important role if Donovan Smith or Jawan Taylor goes down and has to miss time or something. Prince Seguinogo is supposed to be that guy to step in. Donovan Smith also did leave this game for a little bit at one point, but was able to return later on. So hopefully nothing to worry about with the Chiefs tackles there, at least for the foreseeable future. But moving over the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned that this Chiefs defense through three weeks looks like it's legitimately a top five defense in the NFL. And I tend to slow play these things because obviously like matchups dictate this stuff. And, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't look good in week three. They lost to the Houston Texans after only putting up nine points against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. But I still think that's a very talented offense. We know the Detroit Lions are a very talented offense. And we know the Chicago Bears are a bad football team, but the Chiefs absolutely dominated them on both sides of the ball on Sunday. And I am with you. Like, I, I, I am ready to buy 100% into this Chiefs defense being in the conversation with the New York Jets, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, like these top-end NFL defenses, the, the Buffalo Bills, who also had an impressive Week 3 win over the Washington Commanders. They've just been that impressive through three weeks. They're getting pressure everywhere. And they don't even have Charles Amenahu in the mix yet, who's going to be another added depth piece. George Karloftis looks great. Chris Jones looks as dominant as ever. And I think yeah. the thing that I'm most impressed about defensively for the Chiefs is this secondary is legitimately great. They have playmakers yeah. all over the place. And Sunday, even against a bad Chicago Bears offense, just highlights how talented they are and all the depth that they have across the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they're electric. Uh, I I think even role players are, are starting to show out. Like they brought in Mike Edwards because he's a, a ball hawk guy. He was able to get the interception, and I, I think it's been an emphasis for Trent McDuffie. And you're seeing that pay off now a couple times this year, able to force that fumble, which Willie Gay was able to pick up. And man, Patrick Mahomes and, and that side of it is, is good enough. And you, you're you're starting to see that they're playing well and. Hell, if you give them a short field two or three times a game, a shorter field, it's just going to, I think, going to have a situation like you had today where the Chiefs are just able to rip off, you know, 40 points uh, against a, a bad team. I, I thought it was a really interesting game in the sense that I, I think, Steve, the Chiefs do have this tendency sometimes to play a little bit down to teams where, un, un, you know, unbeknownst to figuring out why they're in a game like last year with the Colts and, you know, a couple mistakes happen and they end up losing that game. And I think back even to last year, just how bad the Houston Texans were. And remember that game took overtime. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really go back and look at it. And so I just thought it was really refreshing both offense and defensively, just the idea of a bad team is coming into the arrowhead. You're the reigning Super Bowl champions. You got Super Bowl aspirations this year and you just, kick the ever living S out of them. And we just don't see that all, all the time with the chiefs. And I, I think the defense was a huge part of it and they almost pitched a shutout if it weren't for some of those late scores. Uh, and who knows if, if Mahomes had stayed in the game, the chiefs might have the ball longer, but uh, just a possibility of 41, nothing is just outrageous against any NFL team, even when it is a bad team like the bears. But I, I just see the chiefs finally maybe being that team like those new England Patriots of yesteryear when bad teams come in, they just, absolutely whoop them and i think that was the start of something special uh, when it comes to matchups like that on, on sunday yeah even andy Reid. it was really weird that the chiefs were up 34 to nothing just before the half 
And Andy mm-hmm. Reid is pushing the ball down the field. And I was yeah. like, where is this coming from, Andy? Like, <laughs> they, 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 I, The Chiefs always play conservative just before yeah, the half and I just run the clock out. I, I, they, I was next to Aaron, Aaron Ladd of, of KSHB 41 and Arrowhead Pride in the press box. And I turned to him and I go, man, I've, I've been covering Andy a long time. They're just going to hand this off and run into the locker room. And they did not. They <laughs> continued pushing the ball down the field, throwing and trying to get any points they could. So this is a new big bad wolf. I think in, in the chiefs offense and they're not afraid to, to push people around. Yeah. Just a, an impressive all around performance by the Kansas city chiefs. They improved to two and one uh, this week. They've got the New York jets coming up on Sunday night football. Obviously uh, we're going to miss the Aaron Rodgers matchup once again. So it is Zach Wilson. So this game, not nearly uh, as big of a contest as it was initially billed to be, but we'll have all the coverage for you right here at Arrowhead pride. Follow all of our coverage on arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And later on this afternoon, we will have a brand new edition with some fresh marinated takeaways of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show with Pete Sweeney and John Dixon. We'll talk to you guys then.